right, on last week's program, we talked again about one of our favorite topics, the uh, impending efforts to steal more Northern California water and send it south to Southern California. And uh, the Sacramento News and Review caught our eye last week with a wonderful essay by Bert Wilson titled Water Grab. Bert Wilson's a longtime political activist who handled media for the anti-peripheral campaign back in 1982. We've talked about that. Uh, that, that canal was defeated by a two-thirds vote. Uh, Bert Wilson has remained engaged in water issues, I guess you might say. He's got an excellent uh, video on uh, YouTube we want to talk about in a minute, and we recommend everybody read the essay. But uh, if you did neither, let's do an intro right now by inviting him on the show. Bert Wilson, welcome to Radio Parallax. Thanks a lot, Doug. I appreciate being on the air. Well, we appreciate the efforts you've made here in this in this excellent essay and and also your video. And I guess what we need to start out with was I was I didn't really realize that there'd been this deal cut to where Prop 18, this effort to put uh, this peripheral canal, I guess, enabling legislation in the ballot has been quietly withdrawn. And, and you think you know why? Well, you know, there's no surface evidence of this, but it's clear that some smart guy went to the governor, because the governor's not that smart, <laughs> and, uh, and told him, he said, look, you can, uh, you can build all this water stuff uh, under the provisions of the Burns-Porter Act of 1960, uh, which uh, says you have to build it to, for the health and safety of California, and you can just appropriate the money, and you don't have to go through the uh, proposition process, through, through, through getting it vetted, yay or nay, by the public. So it's it's obviously um, he's trying to circumvent the public interest and uh, and you know and send the water south. You see, I worked on the campaign against the peripheral canal in 1982, and that was just a water grab. And today the conditions are about the same. All they've done is added a, a much more sophisticated smoke screen around it with all the science and restore the delta to try to pacify the environmentalists you see but it's still a water grab pure and simple and the mwd in southern california is behind it all with the california uh california business roundtable we should mention that's the, the the municipal water district of la famous for what it did to the owens valley which basically involved stealing all their water back at the turn of the century that's right. Uh, the you see the MWD got most of their Colorado River cut off uh, water in in nineteen in two thousand three. Excuse me, and and what they did at that time they increased their supply of Sacramento uh, River water on the QT. See, yeah. nobody knew about it, but they replaced their Colorado loss with increased pumping from the Delta. Bert, but we might as well jump mention it right away. People are going to want to see your video on YouTube. You got a 15-minute nice piece. It has a graph showing how that water was taken from the Colorado River and given it to the real estate developers of Phoenix, Arizona, instead of Southern California, it had to be replaced somehow, and they took it from us. And so, what, what, where can people go to see that video? Well, they go to YouTube and uh, in the search uh, box at the top of the page on YouTube, enter "Where will the water come from?" dot mpg now you have to include the dot mpg to get there where will the water come from dot mpg it's a 15 minute uh video which gives you an overview of the whole water grab <laughs> business by the mwd in california well the part that cracks me up bert is that there's somehow i guess with a straight face i mean we we, we were told by a lawyer a long time ago that 
one of the things they teach in law school is when you're shaving in the morning, look into the mirror and try and present your argument. And if you can keep a straight face, then you might want to go into court and try and offer that same argument. I guess people with a straight face are trying to tell us that this 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 revised peripheral canal will help the delta. And like we've been asking on this show, how can you help the fish and the farmers in the delta by taking water out of it? Well, Doug, that's a very important point, and thank you for bringing it up. Uh, Phil Eisenberg, who chaired the governor's Delta Blue Ribbon Vision Committee, which was just a smokescreen for, you know, getting a conveyance of some kind, he started off by defining the issues as co-equal. One, to maintain a reliable water supply. Two, to um, restore the Delta, Delta ecosystem. Now, what they didn't tell us in the beginning was that maintaining a reliable water supply meant for the whole state, which, of course, means sending more water south from the Delta. Now, any time you take more water out out to the Delta, how can you restore the Delta (laughs) system by taking more water out of it? It'll actually destroy the Delta system. Now, proof of this is that the, um, the Department of Water Resources already has plans on the books to erect barrier gates at Chips Island, just past uh, east, uh, west of uh, Antioch, at Chips Island to keep saltwater intrusion out of the Delta. This can only happen if they take more water out of the Sacramento River and that natural flushing action, which keeps the saltwater out, won't be there anymore. Well, the picture in, in your in your essay, accompanying your essay in the News and Review, shows this this gigantic uh, Freeport Regional Water Project that's down there where that uh, the, the big water tower is, right uh, at Freeport Boulevard. It looks huge, and this is just, I guess, one of the first of several straws they plan to stick. In, they would like to stick in the Delta to draw more water off. Well, you're exactly correct. Uh, the Freeport facility is the first, and it can pump 185 million gallons of water a day. Now, they are are going to erect five more intakes between Clarksburg and Cortland on the Sacramento River, and they will have ten times the pumping power of the Freeport facility. Now, they're going to connect those water intakes, those five intakes, to a 325-foot deep tunnel, which leads directly to the Clifton Court Forebay to the south. Now, what you have here... Is, is in pieces a through delta conveyance system, which is what the water bill called for, you see. And the reason they took it off is because they can build it piece by piece through appropriations from the state legislature. Well, I guess in the same manner that burglars like to operate at night where, where you can, they can't be seen as well, they're trying to slip this one uh, and make it less visible. It's interesting that no uh, assembly person or, or senator has come forward and and expose this thing, you see, because to me, in my opinion, they're all beholden to the California Business Roundtable. The Business Roundtable wants to see economic development in the high desert east of Los Angeles, and uh, and there's all of this money involved, tremendous amount of money involved. But but you see, a developer or a construction company can't build unless they have the water. Where will the water come from, we ask? It's going to come from the Delta. That's where it's going to come from. They need twice what they're getting now for economic development of the Southland. It's interesting because we talked in last week's program that current estimates are that to restore the Delta, they're going to need twice as much water, and yet this current plan 
plans to take out twice as much water, so it's a, it's a fourfold swing in the wrong direction. Exactly. And the whole issue, I mean, all of the water agencies involved are quite disingenuous about the issue because they're not telling the truth. I think what's central to all of this, as you point out in, in the essay, Bert, is the fact that the California Business Roundtable and real estate developers, as you say, want to go to un, you know prime land in Southern California that's very dry. And they, their idea is they want to continue this urban sprawl and add 20 million more people to this state. The state already is full. We, there's no room at the inn. And these guys have been making money that way, and they don't see that there's no plan to change. And that's really what's behind all this, and that, that gets hidden. It's greed, pure and simple. It's economic greed. You see, the California Business Roundtable is made up of the corporate heads of all the largest corporations in California. This was started in 1976, and that was the year when I was an activist in Los Angeles. We defeated the Arco Southern California Gas Advanced Payments deal and returned $1 billion to the ratepayers. And so they decided that since we were using uh, newer tactics to, to win our point, they decided to get involved and prevent activists again from carrying the day. There's been many articles of late about how we should save water up here in Northern California, and I think saving water is generally a good idea. We do, we do waste a lot, but if the, if the other part of the equation is, is, uh, is not upheld, that we, once it's saved, it's not going to be simply uh, sent south, I don't, I don't see the advantage. I, I recently drove to Southern California, and I was absolutely stunned, Bert, at the amount of development. For example, I drove the Lake Elsinore area, which I knew when I went yeah. to, to medical school, and, and Irvine, where I, I, I attended school. And the amount of sprawl, the amount of development that's taken place in the last 25 years in that area is simply mind-boggling. It, it, it is. I've seen it myself. And uh, there's, there's, there's really no stopping it, but they have to have the water. That's the whole thing. If you don't have the water, you can't build. Now, in Southern California, you see, there are two biggest aquifers in the San Gabriel Valley and the San Fernando Valley are full of toxins and the water can't be used they could clean up those aquifers and they could institute really strict rationing programs down in southern california and then they'd have as much water as they need instead you know they want the sacramento river water now i was on a recent tour with the department of water resources of the uh, freeport facility and the people who were giving the presentation had a map of this whole thing, and they were joking about how the Southern Californians really like the sweet-tasting Sacramento water. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that? Yes, I yes I can. And and having having attended school down there at uh, at UC Irvine, I was always astonished at the fact that the the in Orange County, one sixth of the land is owned by the Irvine, uh, the Irvine Company, which is. The descendants of a Spanish land grant. It actually predates the California becoming uh, part of the United States. I was really intrigued to find out, per your article, that uh, that Phil Eisenberg, who's heading this blue ribbon uh, panel for the Delta, uh, used to be a lobbyist for the Irvine uh, Water District. He still is. Oh. And, uh, and you see, this was this was kept on the QT uh, until the Delta Vision Committee uh, published their their final report. You can pick this thing apart from many directions. Well, uh, what, what do you think is going to happen? In 1982, we, this was it. This went down in flames. And, and actually, I want to mention as an aside, 
the reason a lot of the financing came to, to really stop up that effort in 1982 came from some growers down near Fresno, I guess, who decided they might get cut out of the allotment, and they decided to, to just, just put the kibosh on the whole thing. Well, that's right, but uh, but the growers are in on it now because they, they, they had to be brought into it because they've got so much money supported, Resnick and the rest of them down. And uh, uh, one of the things I want to bring up is that the language in the water bill opened up several districts to privatization, you see, and this is what every California has to, uh, has to worry about is privatization of their water districts because... You see, the Bechtel Corporation uh, does such a thing, and they support the PPIC, the Public Policy Institute of California, in Davis. They privatized the Bolivian uh, country, and they raised the rates so high that Bolivia kicked them out. But this is what happens when you get to privatization. What people can do is contact their legislative representative, because the key is the California legislature. They have control over appropriating the money to, to see that this um, uh, goes through. Now, the problem is that there have already been billions of dollars appropriated, but not committed yet, not spent. And we have to ask, are they waiting, you see, to build this tunnel and all these other five intakes along the Sacramento River? This thing needs, it needs to be aired out in the open, just like you're doing now. And people need to contact their legislatures and say, uh, legislators, say, I'm not going to vote for you if you're going to allow them to steal our water. It's as simple as that. Well, Bert, is there anybody in the legislature you see as a champion that uh, that we may want to go to that, that may that may sort of not be in on this? Lois Wolk, W-O-L-K, is the only one I've found so far with any real integrity on this issue. We're speaking with Bert Wilson, longtime political activist, about uh, the matter of the Peripheral Canal Part 2, uh, the current effort to, <laughs> uh, through stealthy maneuvers, send yet more Northern California water uh, to the Southland. The thing that's, that's central to this whole issue to me is the fact that California cannot really take 20 million more people. I and mean, you're talking about going into the areas that are very arid in Southern California. And, and I'm just wondering, why is, it, why is this not on anybody's radar screen? I mean, it's a, bit, it's a bit off the issue slightly for you, but it seems to me that it goes hand in hand with the whole water issue, the population issue. Well, you see, as long as the powers that be, the banks and everybody like that, control the loans of money and people's jobs, you see, they can get it done because people need jobs, and they will advertise it as, here's your job. More people coming to California means more jobs, and the people will fall for it. That is the real problem. I also want to put a plug in for Mark Reisner's excellent book, Cadillac Desert. If, no, if people haven't gotten around reading it, it's, it's, it's a little bit old now, but the data in there for the history of all this is truly fascinating. Uh, the, the L.A. Times people, the Chandlers and, and the Mulhollands and such, they really made their money once, on real estate once they had, had that water supply secured. And, and it's a game that uh, you can't play forever, really, and yet that's, people are still having that, having that mindset. Right. If you want to find out who the real players are, Go out to Palmdale and Victorville in the high desert areas and see who's buying up the land. It's it's almost it's it's almost like the uh, uh, the Chinatown, the famous Roman Polanski movie, where they talk about the same thing. Well, you know, the people of California are being taken to the cleaners, and they don't know it. That's the real problem. You see, uh, they don't know it because they're scared, 
and the whole idea is to keep the people scared so they'll allow the corporate interests to pull off whatever they want to do to make more money. That's one of the real problems facing people today. You've got to get involved. If you don't get involved, you're going to find your whole, at least in, in Northern California, you're going to have, have, have your whole livelihood ruined. Final comment and a final question. My, my comment is that uh, when you look into this, you do find that it's curious the amount of corporate interests that are involved in like farming in the San Joaquin Valley and how a lot of times by subsidizing water and giving to them cheaply, in many cases, they're able to turn a, turn a, a tidy profit by just selling the water rights and turning around and selling the water that's been delivered to them at, uh, at a cheap rate. Yeah, well, everything is made difficult for people. Uh, the problem is, you see, I went through volumes and volumes of research to scope this out, you see, and to see what was discovered was actually happened. The average person isn't able to do that, you see. Right. So uh, we depend upon our legislators to do it for us. But to me, they're all in on the game, you know? Yeah. Well, I have a final question for you. I don't know if you know the answer to this. We've been asking this question for about two years on this program, and damn if we can find anyone who seems to know the answer. An awful lot of the water that is sent south simply evaporates. It's it's a hot, dry climate. It's in an open canal. A lot of it is being sucked out by the atmosphere. And I've been unable to determine what percentage people are able to estimate that that is, because it seems to me that there's a, an, by, by simply putting, a, uh, enclosing the water, it may be able to be a tremendous savings. In 1982, as we were fighting the peripheral canal, we uh, developed that issue, and we found out that 10% of the water evaporated in the aqueducts between the Clifton Court Forebay and its delivery in the Southland. I'm, I'm intrigued to hear that. I'm frankly surprised it's that low. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's the way it is. <laughs> that, was, that was in 1982. I don't know if that has increased or what. I don't, I don't know what would increase it. All right. Well, any final pearls of wisdom and what what you suggest we uh, we should do now? I mean, I, I want to encourage everyone to go see your your website again. Where where will the water come from? Dot mpg. Yes, and you can watch the video there, and that'll tell you everything you need to know about it in just fifteen minutes. I just can't say too much that people have to get involved. It's their life, and they have to get involved if they want to save their livelihood and their environment. And the only way to do that right now is to contact your state legislator and bug them to death about this water issue and demand that they take a stand against sending more water south out of the Delta, regardless of what the governor or the water agencies or the Delta Stewardship Council tells them. It's all lies. It's just a water grab. I agree. Bert Wilson, appreciate very much your speaking with us. And as this issue uh, evolves, and I'm sure it's not going to go away, we'll have to have you come back and give us an update. I'll be ready. Okay. All day I face the barren waste without the taste of water. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. Let's take a short break. With throats burned dry and souls that cry for water.
The nights are cool and I'm a fool Each star's a pool of water Cool water And with the dawn I'll wake and yawn And carry on to water 